0: How's it going, on, everybody? This is Joey of Underage Packers. Big B is not joining me. He is uh, still getting good news. He is still in uh, remission for his cancer. But right now, he's in a uh, big, scary hospital in Detroit. He should be back uh, for good next week, though. But today, joining me is Paul Bredel of Cheesehead TV. How are you doing, Paul? I am fantastic, Joey. I appreciate you having me on. No problem. You know, first, I got to ask I know it's the holiday season and everything, but like, are you a, a part time mall, Santa? Like, what, what's going on with the beard here? Oh, it's, uh doesn't matter the time of the year, it's always beard season. And as
1: someone who couldn't grow a beard very well until my mid-20s, I'm just excited to have
0: it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it flew straight down from the North Pole with Aaron Rukowski. Riket- <laughs> all right, so today with Paul, we're going to be taking a look at the upcoming Detroit Lions game, all the Packers news, um, taking some key matchups and final score predictions. And all of that good stuff. So let's start off here. Uh, the last three matchups in Detroit has never been easy in Michigan. Um, 2019, 23 to 20, a first round bye was on the line. Um, after the Saints lost the Packers, they had to win against Detroit to get that um, uh, first round bye, second seeding in the NFC. They they came out flat in the first half. It took them what eight minutes left in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to get those two great drives. Uh, and ended off with the 23-point win. Uh, in 2018, they lose by eight points, 31 to 23. Mason Crosby goes one for five. Uh, in 2017, it's a bad loss with Brett Hunley, but the energy was off um, just in general. So you know, I wouldn't say this is something that you can expect every time because I think they're three very different situations. But it is concerning, you know. We've it, it, Detroit, who hasn't been particularly well. In the past five years, we've had some trouble against them in the past five years. Um, taking a look at the Lions injury report this week, Jeff Akuda and Kenny Galladay not practicing, not participating in the past few days. How big of those? Because, I mean, oh, week three when we played them, Jeff Akuda was not a go. I believe they had another corner um, that wasn't good to go for them. So how big would both Jeff Akuda and Kenny Galladay uh, being out for the Lions be for the Packers, Paul? I mean, it would be massive,
1: and to touch on what you are talking about at the beginning, I don't know what the reason is for why they come out so lackluster, and I go back and forth on how I expect this game to go. I yep. can see it being a blowout, which is what should happen. The Packers are the superior mm-hmm. team by what I think is a, a fairly wide margin, Yeah, but they've come out flat against Detroit recently, as you mentioned, and then we've seen them flat a few times this year as well. They got yeah. once they got punched in the mouth against the Buccaneers they kind of went away the mm-hmm. Minnesota game the Jacksonville game so I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little bit concerned about that but not having Okuda and this <laughs> this Lions defense is not good they can't stop yeah. the run I mean I wrote down some numbers here they're 28th in rushing yards per game allowed 31st in points per game last in DVOA they don't pressure the quarterback mm-hmm. they give up the fifth most explosive plays so Devontae Lazard, yeah. MVS. I mean, that's all good news. Aaron Rodgers. That's why I could see it being kind of like how week two was. Yeah. Because yeah, I had almost 500 yards, put up 42 points. And Okuda's. he's taken his lumps this year as a rookie. So, I mean, whether he plays or not, it's not going to change my expectations a whole yeah. lot. I still expect the offense to put up yards and points on this defense, yeah. especially with them struggling to get pressure. Uh, yeah. One named to watch is Russell Quora. If I said mm-hmm. that correctly, uh, they're edge rusher. He's top five in pressure rate this year. And Rick Wagner, I assume, is going to be at right tackle. So that
0: might be a I think that might be a key matchup to watch. A Rick Net Wagner revenge game. I yes, think hopefully that the biggest thing about that is being fifth uh, in explosive place, which the Packers offense have has thrived on uh, so far this season. They had a few uh, week two against Detroit. So hopefully they're able to take advantage of that. Ah, uh, take advantage of their defense, and that should be, like you said, it should be a blowout for the Packers. Um, taking a look at the Packers injury report here: Ekwonuime, St. Brown, and Jay Sternberger uh, were the only do, uh, not participating today. AJ Dillon was promoted from the COVID list. Uh, I don't think you can speculate too much about uh, what was going on there. He's either you know facing the after effects or still testing positive. But down the stretch of the season, how much do you think? AJ Dillon can get more involved into the offense because in the early weeks it seemed like yeah, it, he was kind of the Tim Boyle uh at the running back position. So how how much more involved do you think we, we'll see him? I mean, I expect maybe
1: in the next week or two, not a whole lot. I mm-hmm. I could see more attempts than what he got earlier in the season before he uh had tested positive for COVID. But overall, I'm not, I know there's a lot of excitement and speculation about oh it's A.J. Dillon big guy in December Lambeau Field handing the ball in the fourth quarter and we may see that from time to time but we've seen this year with LaFleur and and as it should be Jones and uh, Jamal Williams are they're their horses and rightfully so they are you know perhaps the best running back duo in the NFL so when there's carries to be given out in crunch time, you know, we're in the final stretch of the regular season fighting for the one seed, trying to clinch the North. Once you get to the playoffs, those are the horses. So I still expect those guys to get majority of the carries, even though it's cold weather and, you know, potentially prime AJ, AJ Dillon, you know, handoff weather. He'll get his time in the,
0: you know, next year, but right now it's the Jones and Williams show. Yeah. And uh, the AJ Dillon pick was obviously more expected to be in the next, three years after this one Mm -hmm. um, with both Jones and Williams contracts coming up. uh, You obviously don't expect them to retain both of them. So uh, it makes a lot of sense for AJ and we'll see how they what they do with uh, Aaron Jones. Maybe, They'll make Big B's dreams come true and sign Jamal <laughs> to a 10-year extension. We will have to see. Um but let's talk a little bit about more about that Mount LaFleur offense. One question that I have, I know you're not the head coach and you can't give me a direct answer, but I'm just so I, I've been asking everybody, this just has come to my mind. What is going on with the hurry-up offense? It is just so confusing and weird. Before uh, when, when they have a chance for a two minute drill where they get the ball back with 55 seconds left, it's just so odd. And I don't think that's Matt LeFleur. I think it's Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what he's mm-hmm. trying to do. You know, there's no sense of urgency on the offense. Um, even when we're down big and we have, still have a chance like Tampa Bay, there's no sense of urgency that we do a, a halfback dive to Jamal Williams. Then we get back up. Like we're going to do something to five yard pass. It's just very weird. So Do you have any answer or thoughts on uh, that hurry-up, quick pace offense?
1: Well, I don't have any good answers for you. Uh I mean, we've known Rodgers has talked in the past about how LeFleur's play calls, like the actual verbiage Mm -hmm. is super long, and that's why he's using the wristband to try to help speed that process up. Mm -hmm. Uh, We also know that Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he loves to analyze what's going on with the defense at the line of scrimmage, and that takes time. And that's why – the play clock's always running down to zero just in general, because he's trying to absorb as much information as, as possible before the snap to to know what the defense is going to do. So I think those are two big factors. And then, I mean, those guys are in the heat of the moment and, we're, you know, we're all at home anxious, but I think they're kind of in their own bubble. And, yeah, you know, we're watching the clock tick down 50 seconds, 45 seconds, so on. But I think there's I don't know there's certain calmness of what they're doing and especially with Rogers at the helm his 16th season in the NFL and he's been doing this for a long time I think there's just a little bit of you know I'm just totally speculating obviously but I think there's a little bit of that factor as well where they're not totally as rushed you know oh, 35 seconds we have enough time uh to get done what we need to
0: yeah, I'm touching on what you brought up a little earlier, uh bringing the clock down to zero seconds. That was a big problem last year, even in 2018, I believe. But this year, it was a little bit of a problem at the start of the season, but it looks like they really wrapped that up. I think we had one get close last week, but either than that, um, you know, it gets close, but we're still able to get it out before having to waste a timeout. Um, so moving over to the Detroit Lions side of things. Um uh, Matt Patricia got fired uh, after his abysmal performance against Houston on Thanksgiving Day. So Daryl Bevel, former Packers uh, quarterbacks coach, he worked some magic with Adrian Peterson in Minnesota. We'll see if he uh, can keep that up these last few weeks here in Detroit. Um, that would be the most 2020 thing to ever to happen. <laughs> uh, Adrian Peterson still running all over the Packers. But a lot of talk about – um, especially where you have a situation where the lines where the locker room energy towards Matt Patricia is not good. It's just like some elephant in the room. Nobody wants to talk about it because they'll know they'll have to run some extra laps at practice, but everybody kind of hates Matt Patricia. So how much <laughs> do you buy into that fact of um, them being more motivated for a new head coach in there?
1: I mean from the stuff that I've read it sounds like all that stuff is pretty true. I think the word thrown around was dictatorship. Mm. Under Patricia and Daryl Bevel just brought this looseness and I think it showed last week and he kind of let uh Matt Stafford do what Matt Stafford does, which is throw the ball around. Yeah. And we've seen that he's going to make mistakes, but Aaron Rodgers I think just a few weeks ago on the Pat McAfee show, I mean he gave Uh, number nine credit for what he can do with the football you know Rodgers and Mahomes get a lot of that credit and deservedly so but he wanted to pass props to Stafford and this season Stafford and the Lions offense they haven't been throwing downfield nearly as often Mm -hmm. last year uh, pro football focus had Stafford as the number one quarterback in terms of deep ball percentage which is passes that travel at least 20 yards Mm -hmm. this year uh, going into last week he was middle of the pack like in the 15 to 20 range uh, but last week specifically, I believe he was third. So Beville let uh, Stafford do what Stafford does, which is air it out downfield. They were able to complete some deep passes. That won to Quintus Cephas on Wisconsin. Wisconsin
0: legend. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh, so I think I, I, that energy, that refreshness, the enthusiasm that they brought last week—that's another reason. You know, at the beginning I said I go back and forth on this. I do think that's going to be a factor. You know, at home, division rival, and they're technically still in the playoff hunt. They're five and seven. Yeah, seven teams are getting in this year, if not eight, if as long as nothing's canceled Mm -hmm. due to COVID. So they still have stuff to play for. Their coaches rejuvenated them. They're playing what Matt Stafford style football is, and who's a man who's carried this team for a number of years. So I definitely think that's playing a factor and something to be mindful
0: of. Yeah, and even that maybe the biggest thing was. Uh, just like you kept on mentioning, letting the offense function, really. Not trying to do anything too cute. Um, letting Stafford be Stafford. And, I mean, they, they put up 34 points last week, I believe, so they can put some points on the board. Um, and that's against the Bears' defense, which I would say it's just maybe a tad better than the Packers. Um, but, yeah, we'll have to see if they can – uh, like you said, they're still in the playoffs race, if you will. Um, they're kind of too late into the season, too many wins to tank, uh, if you will. And I think that kind of a general idea is kind of lost because, you know, these players, they, they still want to win. They still want to have good performances for future mm-hmm. contracts. Uh, put that tape on, out there as well. Um, yeah, when you hear about tanking, it's never the players, you know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: the GM might want to get that first pick, but those guys on the field, they want to go out and win and put up numbers.
0: Or your defense coordinator playing cover zero uh, on a (laughs) Hail Mary. Uh, But talking about Matt Stafford, and like we mentioned earlier, uh, he has come out guns a-blazing against Packers. uh, Just even uh, this past – this year, uh, week two, he came out really hot in that first quarter. Uh, Packers were able to get some explosive plays. Um, But how important – I mean, really, because if Packers can't stop Stafford – that's going to be trouble. I would say the run defense has averaged out a little bit over the season. Um, But it seems like, you know, if Darnell Savage can get a big play, they're improving their pass defense a little bit here. Um, But could you see that being the big thing that if the Packers don't have an answer for Matthew Stafford, they don't have an answer for the Lions and could end up losing this game?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's beaten this team before and, uh, like i said they've been back to stafford ball a little bit last week with the throwing down field and the big thing the reason that the packers have had the, the success that they have is because obviously the offense but to be on offense you need the ball in your hands yeah. so if you're giving up those you know those long drives the lions have the ball you know we saw it last week with, with the eagles game you know they only kicked the field goal but the game started with a 7-8 minute drive on their part and then a three and out so then after their next drive, there's you know four or five minutes left in the quarter and Rodgers had the ball for a minute. You know That's honestly the best way to go about beating this Packers team because their offense just is so potent. It's you just want to take the ball out of their hands. So if Stafford can get going, something that the Packers do well, very well this year, um, and it's a credit to Mike Pettin's defense, which I know doesn't get a lot, is they've prevented the big play. Um, yeah. If we think back to just 2018, even a little last year that I know I wrote about that, that was uh, that was a big issue for this team, but they've taken that big play away. And that's what Pettin's system is. It can be frustrating at times, but he doesn't want to give up the big play. He wants offenses to go 10, 12, 13 plays down the field, if they're going to score, because one, that's hard to do. You're not going to do that every time. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, you hope the defense can force a turnover, just a turnover on downs and more times than not, they do. Um, obviously we want to see that cleaned up on the, you know, the third and 10 situation, stuff yeah, like that. Fourth and 18. But yeah, in the fourth and 18, but against this lions team, I think it's a, it, I think that does play into their hands a little bit. And then some, another player they'll have to watch out for on that offense is TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. He's had a nice year. Packers have the middle of their defense, not just in the run game, but in passing game has been lit up a little bit this year as well. Yeah. So that's an, And no Raven Green now on IR. So, so that's that's a player to be mindful of as well.
0: Yeah, hopefully Christian Kirksey can keep up with him. Uh, we, we didn't get too good of a look of his speed, or it wasn't too good of his image on that David Montgomery 57-yard run. Uh, but, yeah, if the Lions can maintain that time of possession, um, th- that would be a big thing because that's what the Packers has once again thrived on uh, this year, and that's why they've been so successful. Um it's going to be important to not let Stafford uh, have that time and then not let, not giving Stafford uh, any time to come back. He's pretty much notorious for that. He's made it a, a point throughout his whole career, um, even through his fake spikes uh, where he runs it, and hopefully that doesn't happen. Um, yeah, this. Sorry to cut you off, but this is
1: certainly a game where the Packers in the fourth quarter, if they have that two-score lead, they need to put yeah. the Lions away. I mean, they came back from – I know it's the Bears, but still the Bears defense. It came back from 10 down with what, like eight, nine minutes left in the game. I mean, how many times have we seen Stafford go off in the fourth quarter? So this is one of those games where if they have that lead, they need to they need to finish it this time.
0: Yeah, and hopefully I think the biggest problem in that Bears game was the defense just gave up. Like that mm-hmm. Kevin Keane missed interception was just the epitome of it all, was a perfect image mm-hmm. for it. Um so hopefully they don't do that. I think that's been a big thing. And it just hasn't come to bite the Packers yet. Um, week one, they let Minnesota get a little bit more points on the board. Um, and they've just done that all year, it seems like. So hopefully they're able to, um, like said, put it away. Um, and not even – we, we've seen this year that Matt Lafleur is pretty reluctant to put it in his start uh, – or his backups that mm-hmm. early. Uh, so you mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, I Justin Arcora, on the Lions defense, some pass rusher on the Lions defense as a key matchup. But it, um, kind of talk about that a little bit more uh, or some other key matchup that you might have, and then we'll get to mine and Big B's key matchup for this game.
1: Yeah, so I think for the Lions defense, like I said, they, <laughs> they're they struggling this year. You pick a significant category, mm-hmm. and chances are they're in the bottom five in it. But one guy to watch for is Romeo Acora. Uh, Like I said, he's top five in uh, pass rush productivity, which basically measures efficiency. He's top five in pressure rate or um, in total pressures this year uh, among edge rushers. He has seven sacks and he's kind of, by a snap count, he's kind of flipped back and forth between the right side and the left side Mm. fairly equally. But with David Bakhtiari on the left side, I imagine that he might take more of his snaps uh, over on the right side again, and that'll be up against Rick Wagner who has held up well this year. There were a few snaps early last week where he got pushed back a little bit. It was his first, uh, you know, live reps in a number of weeks, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that is a good Eagles defensive front as well. So yeah. I think that's a, that's going to be a key matchup to watch as far as the Packers offense versus Lions defense.
0: Yeah. Rick Wagner is just a little bit of a drop off from all pro, uh, David, yes. uh, big B's key matchup for this game is Aaron Jones versus the Lions run defense. Uh, both Aaron Jones and his guy, Jamal Williams had a big day, um, back in week two, especially with Aaron Jones, 70 yard run to open up the half. I'm going to go with uh, Devontae Adams for whoever is covering him. Uh, mm-hmm. If he can have a big day, um, which I think he will, uh, and but they were able to limit that uh, in week two. That was the Matt Patricia philosophy takeaway, or the Bill Belichick philosophy rather, take away what you do good. The Packers just had – they did too many things good, um, and they were able to come out with a win. So let's hear your final score prediction for this week, uh, Paul. Like I said, I've gone
1: back and forth, but in the end, I think the Packers come out on top. I think they put up a lot of points. I think they'll I'll go 41. I think they break the 40 mark again. Lions 27. Okay. I think it'll be one of those games where for the most part it's a two-score game where they're kind of kind of around and in it, but the Packers are in control. And then maybe yeah. a garbage touchdown at the end by Detroit makes it to 41-27.
0: Big B's going with 37 to 23, pretty similar score there. Um, I'm assuming that's including three or four touchdowns from Jamal. I'll go with uh, 28 to 20. You know, we need to start looking back at these final score predictions because we always <laughs> say them and then we never. Know. We've probably been point. wrong every time, but maybe we're right on the spot once. Uh, any other thoughts on this Lions game, Paul? I mean, this is really only thing you can say about this right now is Packers should win this, but uh, they've shown they've shown some stuff this year that they could lose this game
1: yeah I think the key points from me are that the Packers offense should roll in this game just as they have for most of the year uh, but also this is a rejuvenated Lions team under Daryl Bevel and another matchup I just wanted to point out a touchdown a little was TJ Hawkinson against the Packers is you know Raven Green's out is it going to be more Adrian Amos in the box Will Redman uh, there's the rookies Vernon Scott Henry Black are we going to see more you know traditional nickel packages with two linebackers. You know Kamal Martin, Christian Kirksey on the field. So middle of defense, like I said, has been torched a little bit this year. So that's another matchup to keep our eyes on and make sure that Hawkinson doesn't doesn't get too wild on him.
0: One more thing I want to ask you about this: um, Tyler Irvin was placed on IR this uh, this past week. We'll see if he returns sometime later down the line, possibly in the playoffs. With Davon Austin being signed before. And the injury that placed Irvin was on IR was uh, occurred during this Eagles game. So they expected to maybe have them in a little bit uh, together. So where do you think – do you think even with Tyler Irvin in there, do you think the Packers had a plan for both of them to somehow be involved in the offense, or was it really just one of them uh, as a kick returner and the other as a punt returner? I think that – if Irvin was
1: healthy that on offense, the motion man, you know, doing what he does, I think that would still primarily be his job. Austin is a punt return man. I mean, Lafleur even said he was brought in for special teams purposes. Yeah. And even without Irvin, I still expect that to be his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we think back to when Irvin was acquired last year, you know, once we got to weeks 14, 15, 16, 17, we started to see him sprinkled in the offense a little bit here and there, but it wasn't nearly as much as he was involved this year. And I kind of expect the same usage for Irvin or uh, for Austin. He's there to be a punt return man. He hasn't even returned that many kicks. He's got 25 career kick return attempts. 18 of them were his rookie year in 2013. So I know he brings a dynamic element to the office with 4-3-4 speed. Uh, He's got a ton of rushing attempts. But he's bounced around recently for a reason. And his receiving numbers are underwhelming. And we've seen in Irvin's absence prior to this that, you know, Devonte Adams, Alan Lazard, Valdez, Scantling, St. Brown, LaFleur is going to send all those guys in motion. So it's not like they're going to be lacking a motion man in this offense, which is a key part of it. So mm-hmm. I, to answer your question, I expect Irvin to be mostly punt returns, maybe kick return and keep your expectations low on offense. Maybe get some snaps here and there. Austin, sorry. I keep mixing them up.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of <laughs> hype about him coming in, but I don't, I truly don't see, um, having a new guy come in here no matter really what talent you think he can add offense has been operating really fine and there's not mm-hmm. not a piece missing from the offense like there might have been last year without Irvin. well I think that's uh where we're gonna end it off really thanks Paul for joining me hopefully uh we can enjoy no problem hopefully we can uh, clinch the division this week absolutely thank you sir Thanks, everybody, for watching. Make sure to follow Paul on uh, Twitter. Uh, follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on YouTube. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Go Pack Go.